What's happening, everybody? On today's show, the Georgia Bulldogs put on an absolute butt-kicking on display in the national championship game, wiping the floor with the TCU Horned Frogs 65-7. to We'll break it all down as Kirby Smart and Stetson Bennett go back-to-back winning national championships at Georgia. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on SEC. It's great to have you guys along. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. And remember, Locked on SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. Let's jump into it. Plenty to discuss. Let's go around the conference in basically what we saw last night. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. Around the conference. TCU, thanks for playing. Thanks for coming out. Here's your parting gift. See you later. Holy Lord, what a butt-kicking that was as Stetson Bennett goes out with a bang and the Georgia Bulldogs, they beat down the TCU Horned Frogs 65-7 to and cap off an undefeated magical season, 14-0. Look, last year they finally got the monkey off their back and won a national championship first one since 1980 but they still didn't win the conference they lost alabama in the sec title game a year ago this time they complete the undefeated run they uh, finish off the magical season 14-0 and like we said stetson bennett goes out with a bang uh, 18 for 25 in this one 304 passing yards four passing touchdowns no interceptions uh he added into that three carries for 39 yards and two rushing touchdowns his six touchdowns tied Joe Burrow for most total touchdowns in a BCS or college football playoff uh, game. It was just, it was a magical performance. He was as good good as he could be. You know, we talked about it uh, the last couple games. You know, the SEC championship game against LSU and then the game against uh, uh, Ohio State. Had a couple turnovers there, but man, did he save his best for last. And what will be his final game as a collegiate player again six total touchdowns in a championship game for a guy who was a former walk-on unbelievable story they will make a movie or documentary at least ESPN 60 or something like that on Stetson Bennett's career Uh, even if you're not a Georgia fan I think you gotta say hat tip to the kid unbelievable what he was able to do but Brock Bowers he was unstoppable seven catches for 152 yards and a score uh, Lad McConkey, he put his true speed out there on display with uh, five catches for 88 yards and two touchdowns. A.D. Mitchell caught a touchdown. It was just unbelievable. Todd, Todd Munkin put on an absolute clinic versus a very overmatched TCU team. And it's no disrespect to the run that Sonny Dykes had this year with Max Duggan and crew, but they didn't even belong on the same field as Georgia. They were, they were different breeds of athletes on the Georgia sideline compared to the TCU uh, sideline. And it was, uh, you know, good to see Stetson Bennett gets his curtain call with over 13 minutes to play in the game. Georgia's up 52-7. to And, again, just what a storybook 
of a career for Stetson Bennett. He will go down as an all-time great college quarterback, and that is something that seemed impossible two years ago. Uh, was an unheralded walk-on to start his career, like we said. And, you know, after the game said, that was special. I will remember that for the rest of my life, taking that curtain call and Coach Smart calling me over and hugging him. But uh, he also passed Aaron Murray for the most passing yards in a single season in Georgia program history. And how about the, these numbers? He goes 29-3 and three as a starter. That's second best in SEC history. A 26-1 over the past two seasons. Utter dominance for a guy that, let's face it, looked like Screech from Saved by the Bell and uh, just didn't look the part when you're talking about, you know, the prototypical 6'4", huge athletic quarterbacks. Stetson Bennett doesn't look the part, but, man, does he execute like one. And uh, unbelievable, unbelievable end uh, to the season for Georgia. And, And he had some help along the way, don't get me wrong. I mean, we're talking about Brock Bowers and, uh, all the different athletes that he had around him, Lad McConkey, and, and of course the running backs, over 200 rushing yards uh, on the day for the backfield. And then defensively, Jathon Bullard was outstanding defensively. Um, came up with two big interceptions. I mean, not one, but two. A handful of sacks. Robert Beal, Michael Williams, Bear Alexander, and then late in the game, Tyke Smith and Jalen Walker both get in on the action. They were relentless. Max Duggan had no time to do anything. I mean, the, the, and let's be honest. The touchdown they scored, the lone touchdown they scored, was on a busted coverage. It was Georgia miscommunicated a little, uh, you know, wrong, and that's how TCU scored their only points in the game. Utter, utter dominance. Some nice runs late from uh, Georgia freshman running back Branson Robinson. And that's what's crazy about this is they got a lot of freshmen. I mean, when you look at Bear Alexander – Michael Williams, Jalen Walker, Malachi Starks, all four freshmen basically starting on the defense. And I saw Brooks Austin tweeted, you know, you don't replace 15 draft picks without hitting absolute home runs in some of your true freshmen in this past recruiting class. And that's what they hit with Michael Williams, Malachi Starks, Bear Alexander, Jalen Walker, four freshmen that have had to play a lot of snaps this season, and all four of them delivered. Yeah, I had a friend text me during the game and said, man, Michael Williams, what, what round do you think he goes in? I said, he's a freshman. <laughs> he's literally got at least two more years of this. You know, at halftime, Kirby Smart was asked about the first half and looking ahead to the second half. He said, look, we were aggressive, but it's a 60-minute game. We've not had our best moments in the third quarter, and they had, so we got to go challenge our team to come out and play really physical and play aggressive. Georgia scored on every offensive possession in the first half. TCU finally forced them to punt in the third quarter. And I think it was only once. Uh, With over nine minutes left in the fourth quarter, Georgia scored its 59th point of the game. That set a college football playoff national championship points record, breaking Alabama's 52-point record in the 2020-2021 season. And looking back to the BCS era, USC's 55 points versus Oklahoma in the 0405 Orange Bowl was the previous record. Georgia also broke that record Monday night. I mean, it was just unbelievable record after record that Georgia set on Monday night with their 65-7 beatdown of TCU. A few other 
notes from this. Um, again, the, the biggest blowout previously in college football, recent college football championship game history, BCS and CFP, uh, was that 04 game, USC 55, Oklahoma 19. Of course, 2012, you had Alabama 42-14 to 14 over Notre Dame. And then Clemson in 2018 putting on Alabama 44-16. to 16. But, man, it was... Uh, <laughs> it was just unbelievable. I mean, they set a record for the most points scored in the first half. And now uh, we, we turn the page, and we'll talk a little bit about Georgia looking back on their magical season. There was some talk that maybe Alabama could have given Georgia a better game in this championship game. So we'll touch on all that coming up in just a second. But, um, man, congrats to the Georgia Bulldogs. Back-to-back national championships. Talk a little bit more on that in just a sec. Thanks again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. I want to take a second to remind you guys this episode is presented by our friends over at Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, you got to try Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and a lot of you may be trying to eat healthier this year. Uh, you got to try Built. Built is uh, healthy and actually tasty. They're, they are so delicious, you will not think they're good for you. Perfect for a New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bar so good? They are covered in 100% real chocolate. They come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, and uh, again, they taste awesome. Whopping grand, uh, 17 grams of protein packed in there, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and now you don't have to wait around to get a box. Of course, you can go to Built.com and order them, but you can also find them at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Head on over to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section. Grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's, you can run in and grab a 13-bar box of the hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank us later. Go to Built.com. Go check out all the awesome flavors they got going for you. And again, uh, chances are you're going to be grabbing you a box. And let us know how you like them. Built Bars over at Built.com. here locked on SEC and again what a magical season it was for the Georgia Bulldogs as they are back-to-back national champions defeating the TCU Horned Frogs on Monday night 65 to 7 as we'll look back a little bit on Georgia's season you know it started with that week one beatdown of Oregon and Bo Nix on this very field, uh, or rather on the same field that they won the uh, the semifinal game in the uh, the SEC championship game in Atlanta. Uh, they beat Oregon 49-3. They followed that back with the next week, beating up Samford 33-0. And then they went on the road in week three to beat a very overmatched South Carolina team, 48-7. And all those games, Stetson Bennett was looking great. Brock Bowers, Kenny McIntosh, Kendall Milton, all looking great. And then that week four game, Georgia comes home to play Kent State, and they find themselves in a little bit of a game with Kent State. You know, they were really playing over their heads, the golden flashes. You know, it was a one-score game, I think, at at half, and, you know, hanging around in that second half. But Georgia able to, to pull away and win that with 39-22, to 22, but it just felt like, what are they doing here? It was the first time all year we kind of said, 
Georgia looks a little human because those first three weeks, it was just unbelievable beatdowns, and then suddenly they look human. And then the next week, on October 1st, they go to Mizzou, and then they really looked human. They were trailing Mizzou almost the entire game. So the Tigers came to play, but what they ended up doing was they, had to kept, they kept settling for field goals, and Georgia kept kept it close, hanging around 16-6, 16-9, 19-12, and then suddenly the Georgia onslaught came, and two uh, touchdowns late, and Georgia was able to, lucky to get out of Mizzou, 26-22. They came back home to beat up on Auburn as they were going through it with the Brian Harson transition. The next week, they got a much-needed beatdown of Vanderbilt, 55 to nothing. Then the big game down in Jacksonville against Florida. Always a uh, tough rivalry game, but Georgia really took care of business. Beat up on Florida 42-20, and that set the stage for the game of the year in the SEC East. It was Georgia hosting number one Tennessee in Athens. Josh Heupel and his group fresh off their win over uh, wins over LSU and Alabama. But the Bulldogs were just too much. And the Georgia defense really showed out in limiting Hendon Hooker and the Heupel offense. And Georgia won that one 27-13. Down the stretch of the year, they go to Mississippi State. No problem there. Beat them down 45-19. And then they went on the road November 19th to Kentucky. That one was an interesting one because it was cold. It was just, it was just kind of a miserable atmosphere. And Georgia's... Offense was stymied a little bit. Kentucky was doing a good job of uh, forcing them to settle for, for field goals and keeping it a low-scoring game. And it was the closest game of the year, really, outside of the Mizzou game for, for Georgia as they were able to get out with the 16-6 to win over Kentucky. Defense really saved the day. If Kentucky was able to do anything on offense that night with Will Levis, um, it could have been an upset alert. Then, of course, for the uh, regular season finale, they finished off with beatdown of Georgia Tech, 37-14 in Athens. So a perfect 12-0, 8-0 in the SEC. They go on to the SEC title game where they jump out big on LSU. LSU makes a quarterback change in the second half. Garrett Nussmeyer was able to score some big touchdown plays, uh, big passing plays on him, but Georgia still won that one 50-30. Huge points total. On LSU, And then we get to the playoff where, of course, they beat down Ohio State or, or uh, find themselves in a shootout with Ohio State and able to go down and score the go-ahead touchdown drive late with Stetson Bennett to take a 42-41 lead before um, Ohio State goes down and uh, tries to set up for a uh, game-winning field goal. But it was uh, – had no chance, and Georgia gets by 42-41 – only to come in this one and absolutely beat down TCU 65-7. to And they finish the season 15-0. Uh, unbelievable finish to the season for Georgia. And uh, what a perfect cap to the year it was. Uh, I do want to say there were some people saying maybe Alabama should have been in this game. And you know, Alabama could have given Georgia a better game. No doubt. I mean, I, I don't think anybody can deny Alabama would have put up a better chance against Georgia than TCU. But that's not how this works. I mean, look, Georgia fans, uh, many fans wonder if Alabama could have been a better opponent, and they were flocking to Twitter to, to tweet it out. 
I just, Alabama should have taken care of business in either the Tennessee or the LSU game. And yeah, they probably would have been here. They probably would have had a chance to give Georgia a fight. But we knew it was a tough schedule for Alabama. We knew there were some brutal road games. And it finally took its toll. They were lucky to get out of Texas with the win. They were lucky to beat A&M at home. As A&M was right there at the goal line at the end of that one. I think Alabama fans should just take a step back and say, look, it was a nice season for us. It wasn't a national championship season, but we dominated Kansas State in the Sugar Bowl. Let's try to reload all the pieces we're going to lose to the draft, and let's try to make a run next year. But the games on the field have to matter. The, the games we're playing, the results have to matter. And at the end of the day, Alabama lost two games, did not play for your SEC title, and I don't think they deserve to be in the playoff. If you're an Alabama fan, look, take care of your business. If you just lost one of those games, if you're able to make that, Will Reichert makes that field goal, you beat Tennessee, and you still lose to LSU in double overtime, so be it. Or in overtime, rather, at, at LSU. Uh, the two-point conversion. It's two-point conversion. If, if Mason Taylor bobbles that at all in Baton Rouge and he drops it, Alabama wins because LSU decided to go for two. Um, two very close things that could have uh, resulted in something different for Alabama, but they didn't. And um, no, again, my opinion, Alabama didn't deserve to be in the playoff. TCU did. They beat a good Michigan team a week ago. They were just overmatched with a really, really good Georgia team. And uh, again, congrats to the Bulldogs. A couple quick hitters real quick. Taking a look around the SEC, uh, Antoine Juice Wells announced he is coming back to South Carolina next year. So big news there for Shane Beamer and company. Uh, Brian Batty, a uh, player from uh, South Florida, played in 31 games there, averaging 6.6 yards per carry and 24 yards per kick return. He is committed to Auburn. So that's a big uh, pickup for them. Jalen Catalan, the former Arkansas defensive back, he is committed to go play for Texas. So he'll be uh, going to Bama in week two next year, next season. Get to play a familiar foe there with the Longhorns. And uh, Tennessee with some movement yesterday. Former Arizona State lineman Omar Norman Lott announced he's heading to play for uh, Tennessee. Dante Thornton, an Oregon wide receiver, he announced he's transferring to Tennessee. That's huge, huge pickup for Heupel in the passing game. And uh, Tennessee also expected to lose some depth at linebackers. Jawan Mitchell has entered the transfer portal. So that's just a couple of tidbits from going on around the conference. Coming up next, we got the early bet online odds to win the championship next year. We'll run through that and give you some of those odds as well. This is Locked On SEC. All right, final segment here on Locked On SEC Georgia Bulldogs Championship Edition. And, of course, since the Georgia Bulldogs won, we got to run through who is uh, the favorite to win it next year. So let's dive into the stats and or the numbers from our friends over at BetOnline. Our 2024 championship odds, as we look at it, Georgia – they're the favorites to repeat at 3-1 to one odds, so not great odds on Georgia, but if you think they're going to go back-to-back-to-back, you can get some pretty good odds on that, or, or um, make some good money on that if, if you want to get on Georgia at 3-1. to one. Right behind them, it's Alabama at 15-4, so your two favorites to win the championship already next year is Georgia and Alabama. Ohio State is right behind them. you got to go down the list a bit for other SEC teams. LSU at 40-1. to one. 
and Tennessee at 50 to 1. I find these two intriguing because there's a path for LSU and Tennessee to win the championship next year. Keep in mind, LSU's got the toughest part figured out in the West. They got their quarterback coming back uh, in Jaden Daniels. Tennessee looks to be pretty loaded with Joe Milton, and we'll see what they're able to do with the rest of the offensive weapons and all that, but uh, Georgia's going to be replacing their quarterback. Now, look, the uh, tank looks pretty stinking good at both Georgia and Alabama. They got talent everywhere. But just saying, if you want to take a long shot, uh, you know, odds with LSU and Tennessee, it's pretty good odds for a payoff if either can get into the champion, uh, the playoff next year and win a championship. I found it interesting Texas A&M is at 50-1 to 1 as well. Uh, man, if you ask anybody, who's closer to winning a championship? Tennessee and Texas A&M. And they're both even at you know, 40, 50 to 1 odds to win the championship next year? I just think that's a little crazy. I would say Tennessee is actually closer to winning a championship right now than Texas A&M was coming off a 5-7 and seven year and hiring Bobby Petrino as their OC. Behind them, you know, you get a little distant odds. Florida is 75 to 1. So Billy Napier and company, they got a lot of work to do there and then a whole bevy of teams down at 100 to 1 you got auburn kentucky mississippi state mizzou ole miss and south carolina now of all these teams the one that intrigues me how about kentucky they're getting one of the best quarterbacks in the transfer portal some say the best quarterback in the transfer portal devin leary coming over from nc state davian robinson just announced he's coming back for another season at wide receiver and the rumors are still abound that Liam Cohen is going to come back there as their OC, and they're going to have some offensive weapons. So, again, if you want a real dark horse long shot to win a championship next year, it might be worth putting a couple bucks on Kentucky to 100-1 to just because what they all have uh, coming there via the portal and recruiting. Again, going to be really tough to beat these Georgia Bulldogs having just won the national championship 65-7. to but again, keep in mind what we said, running through Georgia, uh, Georgia's schedule, one of the teams that given them a close game this year was actually Kentucky. Kentucky can wake their offense up. Maybe they can find themselves in a game with Georgia next year. But uh, one other note to, to take into account here, Texas A&M at 50-1. to Championship game is in Houston next year, so if somehow Tennessee or Texas A&M were to find a way, you, you got to think they probably would have to like run the table outside of maybe, maybe they it's a situation where they lose to Bama but win all the rest of their games so they don't win the SEC West they don't play for an SEC title but maybe they can get in as that fourth spot you know the same thing that Tennessee was kind of sitting in the driver's seat for before they went and laid an egg against South Carolina late in the year Tennessee could have been that fourth seat this year they could have gotten in so Anything can happen, but those are the latest odds from our friends over at Bet Online. Again, Georgia and Alabama, the overwhelming favorites to win the championship next year, with Ohio State right behind them. And uh, will be interesting. I, I think the SEC, I'm not going to say it's wide open, but I could make a case for LSU winning the West next year, Tennessee winning the East. Now, the only interesting thing here is Georgia has to go to Knoxville this coming year. LSU has to go to Tuscaloosa, where they rarely, rarely ever win. So, advantage Bama, but advantage Tennessee in the Georgia matchup. So, we'll have plenty of time to talk about it, folks, in the coming months as we now head into the offseason. That's it. College football season 
is over. We close the book on the 2022 season, and we crown Georgia the national champions once again, back-to-back titles for the Georgia Bulldogs. But, look, the transfer portal is not going to close. Um, uh, you know, tomorrow we'll, we'll still have a couple uh, days still to go, the transfer portal. And, uh, of course, we'll have spring ball to get into, all the reports coming from spring practices, and a whole lot of stuff we're going to be covering over the next couple weeks. So you definitely want to keep it locked uh, locked on SEC. We'll get into some basketball talk. We'll even get into some baseball talk as we get closer to the start of SEC baseball season as well. But I want to thank you guys again for watching and listening to Locked on SEC and making us your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand-new podcast, the Locked on College Basketball Pod, everything you need to know about College basketball in one place. You hear big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players locked on college basketball available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked on SEC. Again, congrats to the Georgia Bulldogs champions once again.